0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you receive a blessing from this program. We hope that you will join us in person this Sunday at 930 for Sunday School and 1035 for the service. We promise you will receive a warm welcome. For more information or to watch our services live, please go to gpindy.net. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Well good morning everybody. Great to see you today and I hope you had a great Christmas yesterday. I, r- I realize a lot of people are doing Christmas today, but uh, it's Christmas weekend. Uh, we're just really glad to have you here and I uh, hope you'll join in and sing with us. We'll start out singing a song where I won't have you to stand to begin with, but second verse, I'll have you stand. All right. Offering
1: Choir can stand
0: afterwards. Over the skies of Bethlehem appeared a
2: star While angels sang
0: The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is
2: no shadow in your presence. No more a man will dare to stand before you. us me Work in an ordinary virgin girl Peace of Joy come to make things right. Men walk in darkness now. There is a light from the cradle, cradle that rock the world, Son of God becomes son of man, heaven's birthday. Take them fulfilling the plan that was laid before the stars were burned. A song fills the air, everything has changed. All our forevers forever rearranged by the cradle, cradle that rocked the world. place where the streets are gold and the gates are pearl. But well, that's what it did so long ago. He came as a babe so the world would know of the cradle, the cradle that rocked the world. Son of God becomes Son of Man. man. Heaven's perfect King. King. Fulfilling the plan that was laid before the start of the world. A song fills the air, everything has changed. All our foreheads, forever rearranged by the cradle. Cradle that rocked the world. What a
3: Some place where she could lay her head, where she could from you
0: Sing it to the Lord. just change it around and direct it straightly to the Lord. We'll give you all the glory. We
1: said that I would give you silver or gold or that you'd never feel the fire or shiver in the cold but I did say you'd never walk through this world alone and I did say don't make this world your home I didn't say that fear would find you in the night, or the loneliness was something you'd never have to fight. But I did say I'd be right there by your side. Mm-hmm. And I did say that I'll always help you fight. You know i made a promise that I intend to keep. My grace will be sufficient in every time of need. My love will be the anchor that you can hold on to. This is the promise. This is the promise i made to you. i never said that friends would never turn their backs on you or that the world around you wouldn't see you as a fool but i did say like me you'll surely be despised and i did say that my ways confound the wise I didn't say you'd never taste the bitter kiss of death Or have to walk through chilly Jordan just to enter into rest But I did say I'd be waiting right on the other side Oh yeah, yeah. and I did say I'll try every tear you cry you know I've made a promise That i prepare prepared a place And someday sooner than you think You'll see me face to face And you'll sing with the angels And the countless multitude This is the promise This is the promise I've made to you Don't turn to the left or right And in the midst of darkness Let this be your light That help him separate us And we're gonna make it through This is the promise This is the promise I've made to you Is the promise I've made to you?
4: I wrote down last night, late politics can be useful if it has good legislation. But politics are not the true answer. Jesus Christ is the true answer. And uh, the gospel of Christ is the answer. And you never hear the true answer that's really needed for our people of our nation. You're always hearing what they can do and so on outside of the person of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, that should give us great concern. Thomas Jefferson said... No power over the freedom of religion is delegated to the United States by the Constitution. He said that in 1798. And by the way, when I was doing my study years ago and putting some of these things together, uh, Erwin Lutzer was very uh, instrumental in helping me understand my relationship to my government. Now the question comes, how should a Christian view government and politics? The truth is all phases of a person's life are to be lived and exercised by the control of God and our life is to be lived for His glory. That's real, real simple. But some people think, well, you should never ever mention politics in church, only the gospel. So forget about the politics. Then on the other side, some lose sight of the church's purpose and only move toward the political agenda. They actually put their nation over their God. And so somewhere you have to come back in and be somewhat balanced and not go to either extreme. Psalm 4 to 146, verse 2 and 3 says this here, Psalm 146, 2 and 3. There you are. Put not your trust in princes nor in the Son of Man in whom there is no help. (laughs) I think that's a great verse. We're not to put our trust in princes but in God alone. Yet some of the Bible's leaders, they were godly men and they influenced other foreign people for good. You think of Abraham. Joseph when he was in Egypt, King David, Daniel when he was in Babylon. And these believers honored their nation and influenced other nations. And if a nation isn't influenced in a godly, moral way, their results will be disastrous. That is critical to us. If you don't believe that, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Rome, China, Russia, Cuba, Poland, Iraq, Iran, most of the Middle East, they all prove that if you do not have the right morality, godly morality, you become dangerous. What is the purpose of our government? Well, Scripture tells us that government is a necessary evil. (laughs) It would... It wouldn't even be existing if it were not for the fall of man. It was sin and man's rebellion that brought government into existence in the first place. Government was set up to restrain the evil tendencies that's in the hearts of mankind. The heart is deceitful, desperately wicked, and so on. In Genesis, they did according to their evil imaginations. Men love darkness rather than light. And then in Genesis 9 here, by the way, Genesis 9, it says, But flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, shall you not eat. And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast, will I require it, and at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother, will I require the life of man. Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. And you, be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. God was setting up a law and God was setting up a government established by him to hold back evil, wicked people and to protect citizens so they can live their life in peace and liberty and safety and freedom so that these citizens can live for God. This was set up to have an atmosphere to allow one to decide if they would submit and follow to God's morality and ways or rebel and choose to go the world, the flesh, and the devil's way. And God set up the government to judge their decision. So God does require believers to live by principles of Scripture in their relationship as a citizen of government. And I think of the great apostle Paul, who was his government leader Caesar, yes, but Nero. Can you imagine? Crazy Nero. But yet Paul said pray for him. That's amazing. The truth is the church and state should be separate institutions, but the church is to proclaim the word, the whole counsel of God. And that includes our responsibility to the state. Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. The truth is, yes, the Bible can very definitely lead to how we even vote because the scriptures should guide our morality, our conscience, and it has something to say about government, its laws, and its actions. I was saying to the the Wednesday night we're going through the book of Revelation, I said, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Libertarian, I'm an American, but I I want to say I'm a biblicist. I, I want to follow somebody who follows the morality that the Bible teaches. That's what's important. And why should we be involved with government at times? Well, the government and politics governs most every area of our daily life. Just think about it. The housing costs, rent control, minimum wages, taxes, inheritance, abortions, the right to work and not work, national debt, inflation, subsidies, agriculture prices, beef prices, wars, uh, police actions and protection, Social Security, Medicare, United Nations, religious freedom, broadcasting, euthanasia, retirement protection, and many other areas. And should politics be completely separated from a believer's life or the church's view that affects so many areas of our life? I don't think so. (laughs) You know, it's not just come, what may. I believe God wants us to try to assist that. What are the biblical principles of the state? Well, number one, God is sovereign over the entire cosmos the whole world, and all governments. The Bible says the earth is mine and all that's in it. He said it belongs to me. Abraham Cooper said this, In the total expanse of human life, there is not one square inch of which Christ, who alone is sovereign, does not declare that is mine. (laughs) Not one inch. Secondly, the ultimate authority is not the state nor the people, it is God. And whatever power man has, it's been delegated to them by God. This is so important. The state's responsible, the state is answerable to God in the way that it restrains evil, protects its citizens, and how it treats its people. She has to answer for it. Government's purpose also is to enact God's word, God's laws, or morals. But also, he's written them upon men's hearts. And we citizens, we are to honor it, obey it, pay our taxes, and pray for those in authority over us. The third thing is the state then is obviously limited In its authority and power, the state does not encompass all areas, all things of our life, whether it's our family, our church, our children's education, even science. And when a state does become the all authority, it becomes a totalitarian state. So if the state oversteps its boundaries of its authority and commands the Christian to do something that's contrary to scriptures, then it is our duty as believers to obey God and not the state. Amen? Amen? If they forbid us to proclaim the gospel, forbid us to pray or to forbid us to assemble in church, Forbid us to worship God, like China, Vietnam, Cuba, Saudi Arabia, Muslim countries, North Korea, and so on. They forbid us to speak against certain sins. Then we obey God. There is to be separation of church and state, but not separation of God from the state, which is under God's authority, and it's for His glory. Psalm 917 states this here, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations, plural, not just Israel, all nations that forget God. Proverbs 14, 34 says this, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. In America, our founding fathers, I've said before, were many of them were statesmen. But in recent years, these people have become politicians. A statesman is one who takes the public office for the purpose of serving and giving rather than getting. His great desire is to benefit his nation and his people. That person is a patriot. But most politicians, they serve themselves and they serve their special interest groups and they love the pomp, the popularity, and the power. We've heard you can't legislate morality. That's a foolish statement. If you can't, what do you legislate then? Immorality? Huh? Law is built upon morality and ethics, and these come from true religion. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this is great. He says, While the law cannot change the heart, it can certainly restrain the heart less. Amen. Dr. Francis Schaeffer said, Show me the laws of any nation, and I will tell you its religion or its faith. Laws, legislation is based upon morals, upon ethics from a nation's belief system. In recent years, America has become secular. We see socialism, humanism, no God, man is good. That's what they say. And they have pushed aside Judeo-Christianity legislatively. Christianity now, which our country is against, which our Constitution was based upon, they've led us away from our morals, our ethics, and they led us into this secularism that we see today. And we're being denied our right to even say anything against it. Secular humanism has been successful legislating, putting into laws, abortion, gambling, free divorce, sex without any consenting party, homosexual higher rights, exclusion of creation under God, prayer, Judeo-Christian religious symbols from the public arena, no voice anymore. That our constitutional framers guaranteed was never to happen again. Sometimes we forget people are criticizing white people for coming to this country. Now think that through. And by the way, they allow immigrants that are going from their countries to come in, but a white person who came here many years ago, why did he come here? He was fleeing religious persecution from the state. That's what was going on. That's why they were coming here to find freedom of religion. But you don't hear that today. Secular humanism has voiced all these anti-God legislations. Do you see, legislation is always someone's morality. We hear those who cry the loudest, you can't legislate morality, while at the same time promoting their own immorality into law behind your back. But today, they don't try to go behind your back anymore. They do it right in your face. It's a stealing, a con game that is going on in our country, and our country has become corrupt. We've seen that. Example of morality defining law, Abraham Lincoln. Why did he emancipate the slaves? He vowed to God, if his troops had victory, he'd set the slaves free. And he had a piece of paper, and he put it in his hat, top hat, and that paper said this, I made a solemn vow to God, the Emancipation Proclamation. It's because he had morals that were based upon the scriptures that he said slavery is wrong. And I'm going to try to end it the best way that I know how. Why did Truman support Israel when it came to vote that they could be their nation once again? That's awful. You have to do that. But he stood up for them because he read his Bible. And because he read his Bible, that morality, it influenced his way of thinking. Thank God that he did. Our must of recognizing God, His word, His morals... Is so important. And why is it vital for a government? Because a nation's moral viewpoint about mankind is vital when they make laws. Our forefathers, many were statesmen, recognized a truth not popular today, but is true nonetheless. They believed man is depraved and sinful. But the humanists and socialists and atheists, all non-tolerant of religion, declare that man is basically good. This is true of communism, socialism, and secular humanism. The United States, its constitution and bylaws were clearly based upon a faith religious concept and especially the Judeo-Christianity belief. Whereas Nazism, socialism, humanism, communism were and are based upon anti-religion, anti-materialistic humans, anti-Christian, anti-God sentiments, they say man is basically good. Karl Marx said that once the workers achieved their revolution of tearing down their government and set up a worker's paradise, the government will wither away and will be proven unnecessary. Well, it didn't lead to paradise, but it led to the murder of millions. Why? Because Marx had the wrong view of man. Here's the true vital question. Are we mankind better off in our own strength, or are we corrupt? This is a biblical moral view that should impact how we live, how we legislate, even how we vote. When one's viewpoint is a man basically good, that's when they go to politics. It turns out that only poor people are good. Somehow, the well-off, the rich become evil. This causes them to demand more and more government regulation entitlements then politicians become the good guys they can be trusted to regulate our daily affairs they say and they go on and cancel our constitution and they're trying to even to cancel our culture aren't they questions which corrupts wealth or power in the secular, humanistic, communistic, socialistic governments, it seems to them wealth corrupts, not power. They've been attacking Elon Musk of late because he's made so much money. Now I wonder how many of them paid $11 billion last year in taxes. Inanimate, What do they say about all the inventions? all the positive things, all the workers that they put to work, and on and on it goes. Oh, he makes too much money, though. Yeah, you're just jealous. Amen. But all of history shouts out that that's a lie. You know what Lord Acton said many years ago. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Absolutely. Our founding fathers had a clear understanding of Scripture's teachings, and they knew that man is basically evil. There is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So the founders formed a government that took this truth into consideration. Their religious morals gave them their legislation. They, understanding man's sinful tendencies, they gave us a limited government that is biblically principled. The federal government has certain specific powers and all the rest is reserved for individual states. They divided the federal government into three parts to avoid the collection of power into too few hands. So you have the judicial, the legislative, the executive branch, and so on. And by the way, they have checks and balances through vetoes. Congress can veto a president's plan. The courts can veto the Congress's plans, and on and on it goes. But today we're seeing powers of states being obliterated. This is amazing. The three branches of federal government we see melting down to where fewer and fewer collecting more power. Do you not see that today? You'd have to close your eyes. Huh? I could give you the unholy trinity right now, but I don't want to offend anybody. We've forgotten forgotten the founding fathers in the Constitution that man is evil. James Madison, often called the architect of the Constitution, said, government was instituted among men because we are not angels. In other words, we're not basically good. And he said, and furthermore, we need to protect the people from the government. That's James Madison who said that. They recognized the sinfulness of man. And a nation acknowledging this provides a system of government that allows for the greatest freedom and greatest protection for its citizens. But any nation that doesn't acknowledge the sinfulness of man, history proves they become bloody, horror, terror of a government. Example that of of France, the French people. In their revolution they said man is good. They had class envy, the wealthy are the bad, and it led to the guillotine. Russia's revolution, Karl Marx, man is basically good, but corrupted by capitalism, capitalism, class structures. They need, he said, they needed to establish a social order with no classes of people, no government power. No one's better than anybody else in the sense of your job. You don't make any more than anybody else. And as a result, there's no incentive to actually try to achieve and promote yourself. It's amazing. They needed to establish this order, they said. No government power. And it resulted in government having the power and tens of millions were murdered all because of their viewpoint of man's nature. Its government without God developed a mentality so cruel that to commit barbaric crimes against their own people was believed to be necessary. And we have a government that's trying to punish its own people today. If you don't have the shot, you can't get on planes, you can't do business, and later on they're going to have a chip in you. We know that's coming. That's amazing what's taking place right now against its own citizenship. They say, oh, it's the best for the whole. Flip on the whole. Man has a right. Amen. Amen. And yes, I've been vaccinated. Amen. So you can't get on me for saying that. All that socialism, humanism, communist has to show for its false views of man is dead bodies. It's proved itself the great killer of all time. Whether it was Nazism, fascism, so socialism in a sense. In World War II, Russia with Stalin murdered 72 million. China, Mao. He he murdered 75 to 100 million. Years ago, before Dr. James Kennedy, before he died, you used to see him on TV, he was at a university, and he said this statement, If we in the United States scrapped all of our weaponry, planes, ships, missiles, I assume we'd all agree that it would simply be a foot race to see whether Russia or China got to the Mississippi first. He said there was silence. Then one student after another said they did not agree with that. All these students believed China and Russia or anyone else would not move a finger toward America because actually the colonialism and imperialism of America was the only cause of trouble in the world. If we would disarm, it would usher in an air of peace universally. God help us. And you pay for your kids to go to college and learn that. Hello? That's not based upon the view, the concept that man is evil, but that man is good. When America left Iraq, the vacuum created ISIS. When we just left Afghanistan, the vacuum led to Taliban taking over again. Today, our government, America's mindset is John Lennon's song, Imagine. The song, he longs for the day when religion will have no more influence on society and where humankind will finally be free to make up its own rules instead. Lenin may have envisioned and argued, he might have said, wait a minute, I envision a world of peace and love free from the shackles of religion and thoughts of heaven. But given human nature as it is, such a world has never existed and does not exist. In trying to get away from God, God's morality and heaven itself in the next life and judgment and accountability, they've created a hell on earth for millions. The world is in worse shape today than it's been in centuries. Man is sinful. Abortion. Same-sex marriages, taxation, godless academics, court rulings, no praying in Jesus' name, no intelligent design. They just said they sent up the new telescope now. They're going to look out in the billions of the universes out there now and find out how we came into existence. I could have said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I'd save them a lot of money. Murders, rapes, crimes, greed, power, robberies, justices, lawsuits, national debt, war, psychology, socialism. It's all around us. And Christians should understand the biblical truth of man's sinfulness and understand this affects our country. We shouldn't be naive about the danger we're seeing in our government of becoming all-powerful because that's what's going on today in our government. God is Lord of all, even over politics. And when our government forgets God and forgets His truth, and sometimes even on purpose, we're we're seeing our our government spin outwardly downward. We're becoming worse and worse, Thank God, there might be a pocket here or a pocket there, that something good happens for the name of Christ. But overall, you know what I'm talking about. Our number one problem in this country is sin. That's the number one problem. We do wrong because we are wrong, and Jesus Christ is the only answer for that sin. Thank God, He answered the bell. He was born of a virgin lived a sinless life, on the cross died for our sins, shed his blood, and they buried him, and three days later he, he came forth alive, and he's alive today. And he said, I did all of that for you so that you can have your sins forgiven so that you can begin to enact morality that's based upon what God says and not man's opinion or the world's or the media." but based upon God's truth. And it's available. But if our nation, if it continues to exclude God, if man continues to look to himself, he will legislate anti-God, anti-Christ laws, opposing truth. He's going down. I don't care how great we might have been. It's going down if we leave God out. We believers... We're this country's only hope. We're the ones who are supposed to be different. We're the ones who are to be the example. We're the ones who are to be Christ-like. You know, uh, I have a message I started to preach. Christ has come, now we are to come. And What I mean by that, he's come and provided us salvation, we who believe, And now we are to be conformed to the image of his son. It's our turn to come forth. To show that we're real. We're genuine. We're not scandalous. We live above reproach. We live godly lives. So that the world says there's something different in them. I want what they have instead of cursing us and mocking us like they do today. Perhaps when they see some true lights lit maybe they might start believing. Amen? I love my country, but I love my God a lot more. My country, if it keeps turning their back on God, they're, they're going down. I pray for them. I pray for those elected. Where I can help, I want to help, so morality can be a part. But as I well know, when a sinking ship's going down, Not too often can they resurrect that ship back up. So I don't know how much longer we have. All I can say is, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that one day I will be delivered from this mess that we see every day. The last couple of years have been hell on earth in a sense. It's stripped us of just about everything that we thought was normal. That might be a good thing in certain ways. I understand that but we're seeing the takeover of our country, and it's because they're becoming socialistic and communistic. And if something doesn't change, uh, we're doomed to have that in our country. Then you'll know what it means to be persecuted. Then you'll know what it means the cost of standing for Christ. Because other people in other countries have been paying this price for a long time. And who do we think that we're any better than them? So God help us. Pray for your pastor that he doesn't get in the flesh too often. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And just stand on the truth. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. You proved it. You sent your only begotten son And you tell us that if we will believe in his finished work, we can have everlasting life. Most of us here have made that decision. We have believed from our heart that was for me. And God, for those who have never done that, may they come to faith in Christ. May they come and ask us even after this service. And for us Christians, may we, as we juggle all of this, get a true balance here. Not to the extremes, but to the truth. And may we not be ashamed of that, in Jesus' name. And everybody said?
0: We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you is our prayer.